guys welcome back i know we're three weeks behind right now but we're finally filming episode six of outgrowing the good christian girl and my goodness we're just gonna blame it on having sick kids even though they've only been mm. sick for a few days but you know what <laughs> it's life it's right now yeah for us. it's tough to know what to say and how and to it's say tough it to know what to say for this that's so true i've been sitting here like should we even film this should we not are we ready to do this we are not bible scholars mm -hmm. this mm -hmm. okay let me just say this video is not a teaching this video is simply us sharing our journey debriefing lgbtq and christianity and for people yeah. like us this this video is really geared toward people like us who grew up in very conservative christian circles where it was very clearly mm -hmm. taught that being in a gay relationship was a sin and we are kind of processing this in our own lives and we're mm -hmm. going to just share our mm -hmm. journeys with you but this mm -hmm. video is really geared toward those of mm -hmm. you in the same boat tiffany and i i think we're in different places with mm -hmm. how we see this issue from a variety of perspectives mm -hmm. and i think probably if you ask us in a year we'll, we'll be in different places too but it's yeah. interesting we've definitely changed how we how we view and approach this topic for absolutely. sure absolutely yeah one, one of my friends, I'll read you a DM she sent me. She said, honestly, this topic has been nagging at me for about 15 years. Subconsciously, if I knew, I knew if I allowed myself to explore or study this topic of what the Bible says about being in a gay relationship, it would make me question all topics or belief I've been raised with. And I think that's just true. I think for some, for some reason, I don't know why, this is the thing for a lot of us Christians that like, we're too scared to ask questions about this. This has to be black and white for us to feel comfortable. And I'm not mm. sure why that is. It's almost like our litmus test for if you're really a Christian, if you mm. really believe the Bible is like, what do you believe about the LGBTQ community? Mm -hmm. What do you believe yeah. the Bible says about this? Yeah, you know, I think even, even just in reading the comments in on YouTube from your interview with Matthew Vines, you know, first of all, everyone, whether they agreed or disagreed with you, was very respectful, which I think was wonderful. Mm -hmm. And two, did not have mean things to say about gay people. And I think to me, As it was all, shouldn't. yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. all about, we're really concerned about following what the Bible says. Mm -hmm. and, and to me, I think that this issue is about, well, what does the Bible really say? Yeah, and I think agreed. that, you know, I guess we'll get into this a little bit more, but I think it's to the extent that you think of this conversation about lgbtq as a substitute for is the bible really the authoritative word of god like yes it's very scary i'm not sure that this is a really good litmus test for does this person really care about what the bible really says but we'll get into that so let's dive right in with the first question which is just briefly growing up what was the message you heard about being in a gay relationship not much mm -hmm. we didn't know anyone who was gay Mm -hmm. I didn't even know it was a thing until high school. Um, and I think the one thing I can remember being at some homeschool conference on law and government, and I think it's sort of, it was sort of referenced as a, like a sexual, what's, what's the perversion? word? Yeah, as a sexual mm -hmm. perversion, like in the same category as uh, bestiality mm -hmm. or what's having sex with children pedophilia yeah pedophilia mm. like nothing super explicit nothing hateful but like it's in this category of stuff you really don't want to do shouldn't be doing mm. and that was it yeah i think that's true for me too i never i like knew that that's what we believed as christians that the bible said it was not okay to be gay and i knew where those verses were but mm -hmm. i don't remember ever having a discussion about it like it just wasn't i'm sure it was an issue and very real issue for many people but it wasn't yeah. out in the open yeah, and at least not for about it. 
tweens or teenagers. At least not for homeschoolers like us. (laughs) Yeah. So then what was kind of the point when this started being something you thought about? Well, you know, even in college, you know, I didn't go to a Christian college. Um, but you know, 15 years ago when I started college, there were some people who were, came to college openly gay, but a lot of the people that, I think a lot of my classmates who were gay sort of came out during their four years in college. Mm -hmm. Like, so it definitely, it was certainly like something people thought a lot about and you'd even have people say, oh, you know, so-and-so is in the closet. Like, Mm -hmm. but it was, you know, it it was a pretty, it's a conservative college in, in the South. And so... I think a lot of a lot of people were either from families or just in from social backgrounds. I felt like I, I don't know if I really want to be gay. Hmm. Um, and even you know, two of my two of my friends from my Christian fellowship group, um, you know, had told me over the course of our friendship, "Hey, you know, I struggle with same sex attraction. It's not something I want." And I you know supported them in that being not what they wanted for their life. Hmm. Um, but I never. You know, I definitely, there weren't, there wasn't anyone who was openly gay who was trying to be a part of our Christian fellowship group and saying, yeah, you know, Mm. God is affirming of me. It Mm. was, you know, everyone sort of clearly understood, you know, this is not a Christian lifestyle. Just like, you know, having sex with your girlfriend or getting drunk. That's not a Christian choice. Mm. I think for me, when I was in my grad program, so I'd known people who were gay before this, but... It had never been, again, people who wanted to say, I want the Bible to be like the authority in my life. I want to honor God in this more like orthodox Christian way. So I knew people who were Christians and were gay, but they it wasn't the sense of orthodoxy where like the Bible is the authority in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I was in grad school, one of my best friends was somebody who used that same language. I struggle with same-sex attraction. He had been gay his whole life, lived in that lifestyle as he called it. And, and he decided he didn't want to live that way anymore. So he was no longer engaging in that lifestyle. Um, and I remember talk, I, 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 as we became really close, I would ask him different questions about it. And he just shared so openly. And it was just so interesting to me to get to mm-hmm. hear this piece of his heart. It was very generous of him to share it with me. But it was interesting because I asked him, you know, when did the same-sex attraction start? And he's like, I can't remember a time before it started. There must have been some trauma in my life as a child mm-hmm. that I don't remember. And I've since learned like that's a very common belief among like ex-gay ministries. He was very involved um, in our local ex-gay ministry. And that's a very common belief is that there must have been a trauma that caused Mm. this, Mm -hmm. even if I I don't remember it. Yeah. Yeah. So I remember like hearing that. And I just remember like watching, walking with him as he dated the first girl that he dated and just kind of being an observer in his life and seeing the depression in his life. Um, And I just... I felt like he still carried such a heavy weight. And it just, again, I was just an observer and just got to be in his life through it. And I'm so grateful for that. And I don't want to share any more of his story because it's his and not mine to share. But I think that was really just formative for me to Mm. like have Mm -hmm. that experience and get to hear like why he believed what he believed. So let's move on to the next question. I'll answer this one first Mm because I think mine comes first chronologically. But the next question is what made you start wondering if your understanding of scripture was correct in this area. So for me, um, I was in my late twenties and around this time, three things happened at once. The first thing was that someone very close to me came out as trans and started going through hormone therapy for that. 
And at first I honestly thought like, oh my goodness, I have to warn this person. This person has been through so many phases in their life of like being all in and these different phases that they feel like makes them whole for a little while. And then a few months later, they're over and onto the next thing. And I just thought like, this is the same thing. I have to warn this person before they make, you know, long-term changes and then are going to regret it. But it ended up being that it wasn't a phase and it's been several years now. And it was just interesting watching this person grow because they'd struggled with so much depression and suicidality and even like physical tremors. Um, had a hard time carrying on a conversation, so isolated. And mm. watching them go through this process, it was like they blossomed. Like I cannot describe it any other way. It was like this person came to life and became the healthiest human they had ever been. And I just, that just made me take pause. It messed with my head. I threw mm-hmm. me for a loop because I was like, mm-hmm. wait, I've been told that this is so wrong. Mm-hmm. So why is Fruit Why are we this. seeing a po- such a positive outcomes? Yes, from like this it wrong thing. Felt like yeah. a lot of the mm-hmm. fruit I saw, and Jesus says to pay attention to the fruit, was so positive, like joy and peace and love and relationships and community. And I was like, yeah, I just was thrown by that. I'm like, I don't know what to make of this. So that was thing number one. Kind of a subset to that is another person close to me came out as gay and wanted to be baptized at the same time to recommit his life to Christ. And I was like, didn't know what to do with that either. Mm-hmm. So the second thing that happened is I got together with some of my girlfriends who I really respected and loved. We were super close, still I'm good friends with them. And so one in particular, I just really admired her relationship with God. She was so compassionate, just exemplified so much of what Jesus says, the way we're supposed to live. I was talking with her and she shared that she believed it was okay for Christians to be gay. And I, at that time, thought, what? Like, there's no way. Have you read the Bible? Clearly, you do not care about the Bible. And I launched into this not very gracious, like, argumentative Tiffany Dawn (laughs) mentality. Argumentative Tiffany Dawn does turn up with some frequency (laughs) in our lives. It's true. Not always about this topic. No, lots of topics. But I was so passionate and fiery, like trying to explain to her why you could not believe this and be a Christian who loved God in the Bible. And I like, and she was so gracious. And honestly, I have no idea if she had good reason for believing that because I didn't listen to her. I just was talking myself and not listening. And um, she was so gracious and so kind, but it messed with my head. And I remember for like two years after that, I like could hardly see her because she never brought it up again. But I felt like this. I remember you vocalizing this, just how uncomfortable you were. Because it just, it was all I could think Mm -hmm. about was this, like she Mm -hmm. believes in this. Mm -hmm. And I think there was this part of me, this nagging question that was growing and growing inside me. Like, am I misunderstanding what the Bible's trying to tell us in this area? And... I did not want to think about that. It was Mm. so frightening Mm. and it made me so anxious. And I remember just talking about this in therapy with my counselor just so much and him being like, why do you have to know this? I feel like I should just pause here because this was such like a huge moment for me. Mm-hmm. It was like, On a variety of levels. Because it's not just yeah. this issue. I think there's a lot of things Tiffany felt like. I need to know the answer. It's so important that uh-huh. I know the definitive answer on this entire topic <laughs> for all of humanity. Yeah. And he's like, is this going to like change your life or how you treat people at all? And I'm like, not even a little bit. And he's like, why do you care so much? And I just mm-hmm. remember thinking like, because I am a Christian, I have mm-hmm. to know. Mm-hmm. And I think learning to work through the the insecurities in myself that led me to feeling like I have to know for everything and have an Mm -hmm. answer for everything. Mm -hmm. That was huge. 
very freeing for me. So I think I, I came to this, started to come to this point of like, I don't have to know. I don't have to know. So then the third thing, which I think will lead into your mm -hmm. answer to this question. The third thing that happened is around this same time, I had started my YouTube channel a couple of years earlier. And when I started my YouTube channel, I told God there is one topic I do not want to touch with a 10 foot pole. And it is this topic. It is just so controversial. No matter what you say, people are going to hate you. And I really do not like when people hate me or don't like me. Mm -hmm. And I was like, God, I do not want to talk about the topic of LGBTQ. Like, no. Great, great way, you know, telling God just how <laughs> it's going to be. Yeah, you know. I know. Oh yeah. Who do I think I am? Such a sense of humor. But around this time, like, I don't know if I've, there've been very few times I felt God put something on my heart so clearly as he started to. And I just felt so strongly, like I need to make a video called, am I gay? And it is going to be about both sides, biblically speaking of this topic. And I didn't even know what the other side was biblically speaking, but I just felt like so strongly, like I couldn't sleep at night. It was weighing on me. And I was like, no, I don't want to do this. This can't be God. Why would God ask me to do this? And I'm like, well, obviously it's not me because I do not want to do this. <laughs> and finally I was like, okay, I'll make the video. And I felt like the outline for it was just like downloaded in, it just like showed up in my mind's eye, if that makes sense. And I didn't have to plan or anything. It was just like, here's what I'm going to say, do, 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 do. And it just like happened. And I was like, okay, this is just so weird that this is on my heart to talk about. And I just, I guess I felt like it's so interesting that God cares so much about this issue. Hmm. So, okay, well, I'll let you talk. I talked for a long time. Yeah, I think, I, and I still, I usually don't get very anxious about theology things. I don't. I used to have all of the answers back when I was 16. I lived in a black and white world, my little Presbyterian world. I knew all the answers to everything. And I, you know, since then, each year that goes by, I realize I, you know, know God loves me and I know God is the creator and center of the universe. But a lot of the tiny details of life and theology, I realize I don't have figured out. Mm -hmm. But I did think that I had God's approach to um, loving gay people figured out. I really did. And or, or I should say, I really thought I'd figured out a, a healthy biblical approach to the LGBTQ issue, which is that God loves people who are have an LGBTQ preference or lifestyle, and he wants them to come to him. And as you come to God, maybe God would, you know, have you let go of that sexual preference or practice. Um, that was where I was. Is, that a, is that a good way of yeah, explaining that? Absolutely. I think and we I, know people who we fall do. In that. We do. We we have known, you know, a lot of, you know, whether they're I personal think. friends or family friends, people who were in a gay lifestyle for a variety of reasons and believe that God brought them out of a gay lifestyle. Mm -hmm. um, and they felt very freed to be out of the gay lifestyle. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know anybody who was a Christian who loved the Bible who was also gay. Mm -hmm. I just didn't know. Everyone I knew who was gay was like either, you know, a Christian in name only mm -hmm. or wasn't super religious because either they'd been hurt by the church. And I just felt like we should have an attitude of love. I have an attitude of love towards anyone who's gay in my life, mm -hmm. um, which wasn't anyone that was super close to me, by the way. And 
Um, I remember what changed is when, I think it was when you were working on the Am I Gay video, you said, oh, you know, there's this person who I think was like a Christian music person. Vicky Beeching, I loved her. Yeah, never heard of her. Apparently, she is now openly gay and loves Jesus and the Bible. And I was like, that's not a thing. That's <laughs> were you really... talking with your friends in Miami about this too? Oh, yeah. Oh, I distinctly remember this is now, this is before we were together. So this is like eight years ago. Um talking with some of my my Christian friends from college and uh, one of them said, yeah, you know, I actually, I have a friend from college who um, is gay and believes like he's a, he, like, he's a Christian. He loves God and believes that's okay. And I, st I still remember where I was sitting and I was like, what? That's not a thing. Like <laughs> there's no one that's actually like that. Mm -hmm. And um, now fast forward, you know, a whole bunch of years, here I am watching Vicki Beecham is her name. Vicki Beeching. Beeching. Uh -huh this conference and she's talking about how much she loved God before she realized she needed to be openly gay and how much she still loves God and what she thinks the Bible said and I did not sleep well that weekend and I was like why am I having all this agita like what's troubling me and it was like I had this really deeply set conviction that was sort of the touchstone or maybe the cornerstone is a better word for how I thought that I as a loving Christian ought to approach folks in the LGBTQ community which was love them and let God change their hearts. And now I was hearing, well, there are these people who they come, they've come to God and God has not changed their hearts and they don't think that God should change their hearts and here's why. And that was, I don't know that I, I don't remember really anything about what she said, just that like, it was like a, it wasn't know, a unicorn, thought, it was like a black swan. Right. It was like, wait, wait, I thought that this, someone who thought like this didn't exist. Mm. Yeah. And so since then, I've I've sort of had to leave my sort of happy premise and realize, wow, James, the world is not the way you thought it was. There are people who are gay, like Matthew, mm -hmm. and who love God and, and, and have a reason based in the scripture why they're arguing that it's okay to be gay and in a, um, a monogamous same-sex relationship and honor God. And it's it's definitely like thrown me into mm -hmm. a much more of a sea of uncertainty mm -hmm. because I, I guess I've always, there, there's still a lot of different beliefs that I have about, you know, why someone might be gay. And, you know, I've come to believe more and more that I don't know what it's like to be gay. <laughs> At one point I had thought, <laughs> well, you know, I, 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 which is so funny to look back on like how we used to think about things yeah, like that. It's yeah. like, how could we know what it's like to be gay? <laughs> But it, after you hear mm -hmm. enough stories that are one way, and that's the only yeah, story you're hearing, yeah. it becomes mm -hmm. like, this is the only way. Mm -hmm. never heard something So else. I guess right now I have a lot of humility, which <laughs> may also manifest as confusion. I still definitely believe that God wants us to love people regardless of their sexual orientation or preference. And goodness knows, probably the majority of the people that I have loved and, and cared about in my life and my community have not always been following God's design sexually for a variety of reasons. And I feel like I've always been able to show God's love to them. Um, does that even make sense? Yeah. Um, so, but it's definitely, do I have, so I know how to love people and I'm going to continue doing that. But as to answers on this issue, I don't know if I have a lot of answers. Mm -hmm. And I think you, so I guess that brings us to our next question, which is, well, where do I want to go next with this? Okay. Next question is, what are some of the things that you've been thinking through with what the Bible says on this topic? 
and you can see yeah. where I can Okay, yeah. So a couple of things are realizing, one, none of us are Greek and Hebrew scholars or scholars of ancient history. I actually am probably more of an ancient history scholar than most of you because I did read Greek for three years in college and I was a classics major, so I'm sort of familiar with ancient culture. And I will tell you that, that ancient culture, it's not like you can just go read and it's not like you go look it up in the dictionary and you're like, oh, this is what it was like 2,000 years ago in Greece. Like, we have like fragments of different documents or books and a lot of times they're similar and sometimes they're different and we have different pieces of art and pottery and my classics professor my classics advisor in college literally her area of expertise was Pompeian graffiti and there's a lot of actually very explicit <laughs> sexual graffiti in, in the um, hmm. in the brothels in Pompeii, which is kind of interesting. You guys and, you know, see it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know that I was able to look at it and deduce a lot about it. But all that to say <laughs> understanding what things were really like in ancient culture is not cut and dry. Mm. So you'll have scholars that make one argument about this war was this way and another argument about this war was this way and culture was this way and culture was that way. Um, there is no question that that sexually Greek culture was was very backwards. Like women were basically property. Women had very few rights. Like I don't think anyone disputes that. So there's no question. And promiscuity for men was totally cool. So we live, it's very, definitely was a very different time. So no matter what scholars you read, everyone is going to agree things were very different with regards to gender and sexuality. Mm. Back in ancient Greece, ancient Rome, I actually, I don't know a lot about ancient Jewish culture at all. Mm. Um, so, but that's one thing is realizing, hey, none of us are scholars and all of us that have opinions um, are sort of, we're leaning on the scholarship of others, mm -hmm. whether we know it or not. Like maybe we just heard it from some pastor, but that pastor is leaning on someone else's scholarship too. Mm -hmm. um, another thing I've realized is, wow, we all, uh, me and a lot of other people, just sort of, we sit, we read the Bible, we pray about it, and we just sort of say, hey, you know, I read the Bible. I think this is what it says. So this was what it might say. And, you know, many times that's true, but maybe that's not universally true. Another thing, and this is a big thing, is that the Bible really doesn't talk about this topic that much. Mm. Like, of course, we can go to the passages in the Pentateuch and Romans 1, mm -hmm. and um, I think, I forget, there's a, there's, there's a couple other passages that mm -hmm. mention homosexuality, but they're really just I think a there's like couple. six that mention Yeah, that you know, and so it. in the grand scheme of the 1,100 chapters of the Bible, really isn't a huge issue. And so I asked myself, why mm. is, if this is such a big deal, why is it only mentioned like occasionally? Yeah. Again, another question. Which is so interesting are, because yeah. you have things like greed and gluttony that are talked mm -hmm. about over and over and over. Mm -hmm. And you see people in church leadership who are totally walking in greed and or gluttony oh, yeah. and no one yeah. says a thing. So like, why are you making such a huge deal? Like mm -hmm. whatever you believe, whether you believe it's a sin mm -hmm. or not to be in a gay relationship, why is this the focus? I don't get it. Why is this mm -hmm. the cornerstone touchstone issue of you it's, are a Christian or not? Like, I don't understand. I really don't understand. Yeah. It's so weird. I mean, me. I mean, the, the reality is, is that most of us are going to struggle way more with greed than we are with LGBTQ feelings or lifestyle. Like, that's just the reality. Like, mm -hmm. <laughs> living middle class. I love the Instagram preachers and sneakers. Oh, Have I you ever watched that? that? No. It's basically the... Um, it's a guy who gets screenshots, usually from like famous pastors' Instagrams, and highlights how much their sneakers cost. 
That's hilarious. That's they, really scary. Yeah, I'm not trying. I'm not a judgmental guy, but anytime I see someone wearing a pair of sneakers that costs like more than five hundred dollars, I'm like, really? That's a good use of the God's money that He's given you. Just me. Just me. Call me judgmental. There was one other thing you'd shared with me about the passage about divorce. Did you want to talk about that now? Oh or? yeah. So I mean, and even this is like, this is this is a brand new James idea. Jesus essentially says in his side, look. I, my design is for marriage to be for life. And as an accommodation to you sinful people, we have divorce. But really, that's not part <laughs> no, of my design. Divorce, yeah. Yeah, this is, this is not the actual, this is the unofficial James. dreams translation. Yeah. But it got me thinking, you know, I wonder, you know, listening to Matthew's podcast, you know, he's clearly just not telling you about his feelings. He's done a lot of scholarship that I think you just can't dismiss, even if you disagree with his conclusions. I think you need to dig into his arguments. Um, but it made me wonder, well, I wonder if same, if a, a, a monogamous same-sex relationship is 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 something that, that God would allow, much like God allows divorce. I, like, I don't know. I'm not a Bible scholar. I'm just speculating here. Mm -hmm. um, but it's certainly... It's certainly, again, I have a lot more questions than I have answers. Mm. And I think for me, some of the things about scripture, because I, I know you were saying one of the comments is like, oh, I think this podcast has gone from outgrowing the good Christian girl to outgrowing the Bible. <laughs> I know. I love that. That was Which a good kind comment. kind of a hilarious comment. Very well said. But it's also, we don't want that to be true at all. Like yeah, we a thousand percent believe yeah. in the Bible. It's all about the Bible for us. Yeah. But it also, I think that just because we, for the last hundred years, have believed the Bible says... It's just like cut one and dry way. on right. this topic. And Doesn't mean that for the past hundred years we've been correct or the past however long we've been correct mm -hmm. that this is the only way to approach it. Yeah. I think we're always learning yeah. new things. I he, mean, yeah, here's something else I was thinking about. Yeah. Most of our grandparents were mm -hmm. taught in Sunday school by people who believe that racial segregation was okay. Mm, was true. okay mm -hmm. and was supported by the Bible. I don't, think there's, that yeah, I don't think there's... Yeah. Yeah. Just, just whatever you might think about Black Lives Matter and the events around racial inequality in our country that are going on right now in critical race theory, you can't deny that the Bible should not be used to support racial mm -hmm. discrimination. Yeah. I think no matter how conservative you are, you would say, yeah, the Bible does not support racial discrimination. But 50 years ago, it was widely thought that it did. Or even when I was a kid, our moms wore head coverings. Maybe your mom didn't. I don't my know mom, that my mom And most of the ladies in our church wore head coverings because of 1 Corinthians 11, but then decided, you know what, I think that passage was meant to be taken culturally and not literally. Mm. So we're constantly growing in the mm -hmm. way we understand the Bible. The Bible's not changing, but we as humans are beginning to yeah, understand. Yeah, we're not always getting it right. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I don't think that asking these questions or coming to different conclusions is because we're outgrowing the Bible. You could certainly say, I don't care what the Bible says, I'm going to do what I want. But that's not yeah. what we're trying to do. We're trying mm -hmm. to say, like, is there another way to look at scripture in this area? Maybe there is. So, okay, for me, a couple things biblically are, number one, um, Matthew is saying how that word for, you know, same-sex desires being unnatural and shameful, that's used in Romans 1. Because Romans 1 was always the, like, the oh, yeah. end of mm -hmm. sentence, period, mm -hmm. to me. Very clear. Read Romans 1, guys. Right. That's how, always how I thought on this issue. Because, like, the Old Testament, I'm like, yeah, but there's a lot of stuff in the Old Testament that doesn't apply to us today. So, like, those verses don't really, like, hey, I'm not hung up on them. But Romans 1. So when Matthew was saying, like, Romans 1, it talks about this is unnatural or shameful. And then he said... And those are also the same words for unnatural and shameful 
that are used in 1 Corinthians 11, referring to a man having long hair or a woman having short hair. Mm -hmm. And he's like, and we believe nowadays that those were meant to be cultural in 1 Corinthians 11. So why have we not considered that in Romans 1, it could also be cultural? Whether or not you come to the same conclusions, I think that is a very fair question. So I don't know. Yeah. I thought that kind of was like a whoa moment to me. Mm -hmm. um, the second thing is, and I've heard this used both ways, is that in the Gospels, we don't hear Jesus talking about same-sex behavior. Could he have talked about it and it wasn't recorded? Of course. There's so many things he did that weren't recorded. Mm -hmm. But we don't see it in the Gospels. And so I've heard some people say, well, that means it is okay because Jesus wasn't against it. And I've heard other people say that means it's not okay because he only affirmed heterosexual marriages. Uh -huh. But I th the, the thing is, too, like, yes, Jesus did talk about marriage between a man and a woman. But then the question becomes, well, is that because that's the only kind of marriage there was at the time? Is it like he didn't talk about cars because there were no cars, you know? Mm -hmm. Or is it because this is his one and only design? I don't know. Just questions I ask. Um, and then when Paul writes about this to, you know, in the New Testament, he's writing not to Jewish people, but to people in other cultures where this promiscuity is rampant and the same sex attract the, the same sex behavior is often seen as an overflow of lust and wanting more and more and more which is something that the bible condemns over and over and over mm. and so is he saying like matthew said is he saying that same-sex behavior is wrong writing to these other cultures because in those cultures it was just an overflow of lust maybe i don't know i just think it's important to consider like as someone who is heterosexual, I don't have a lot of skin in the game for this, mm. but someone else mm -hmm. does. And just seeing in people's lives, like my friend who was really close to me and decided to give up this lifestyle. And he would say he's been freed from it, but just seeing the depression and that weight that he has carried it. I don't know if he still does. It's, I don't, we haven't kept in touch the last few years, but like, that's a weight to carry. And that says mm, something to mm -hmm, me. Again, mm -hmm. we look at the fruit that something bears. That doesn't mean anytime you have depression, it's bad fruit. Depression is a biological thing. Yeah. But, you know, you look at these things and say, pay attention to the fruit. Jesus told us to. And so I just, I just, it leaves me with questions and it leaves me not wanting to make a judgment call for someone else's life. Let them work out their salvation mm. with fear and trembling, like Paul mm. said. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm not the one to say I don't know. I know some Christians will say, yes, we are the one to say and draw a clear line. I just don't think that anymore. And I also- Well, I think it, it is on some things. I'm just not sure this is the thing. Fair, yeah. I mean, Jesus is God. Yes, we draw a clear line. Like there's a lot of Orthodox Christian things that Matthew Vines would also say he completely agrees with. Mm -hmm. This, I don't know if this is meant to be one of those things. I don't know. I don't think so. It's a fair so. question. It's a very fair question. So I guess that brings me to my final question which is, what do you believe on this now? And I think this is where our paths have converged and maybe they go apart a little bit at this yeah, point. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I think the, the passage I think of is Jesus with the woman who was caught in adultery. And he says, you know, after all the men have left because they are you know, overcome with their own guilt or whatever. And Jesus gets up from writing in the sand and he says to this lady, you know, who, who is accuse you, accuses you? And she says, no one, Lord. And he says, go and sin no more. And to me, that is the, the message that I, to me, that's God's message to each of us is go and sin no more. Mm -hmm. So 
I, I think that there is a potential that for some people, like two of my good Christian, two of my Christian friends from college are now married to, are now married to guys. They no longer think that it is something they ought to struggle against. So I knew them then. They had a real relationship with God. I don't think that that's changed. So one of for you Calvinists, that's the P and Tulip, perseverance of the saints. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. Calvinists tulip. out there. <laughs> okay. they, they, they know what I'm laying down. Okay. Um, so, you know, could they be could they be wrong in living in sin? Yeah, they could. Is it is has God told deputized me to go out and tell them that? <laughs> no, no, I do not feel deputized in that way. Um, so I think that yet yeah, at the end of the day, if you said James, you really need to come down on this pick a side. I would say I think that the, I think that a lifestyle is, or I think that a. a I don't know, guys. I don't. I don't have a good answer. I don't have a good answer. My days of having a really good answer, I don't have that anymore. I think this is probably a case by case basis in my mind. Hmm. Really? Yeah, I, I really would. I didn't expect the answer. Yeah. I because you've for a long time I've leaned toward mm, it. Probably isn't right. So I'm, I I I'm think I I think I probably I probably still think that, mm -hmm. but I don't know that I. One, there's no one that I feel the need to go out and say, hey, you know, you, my friend, I know that what you're doing is wrong and you should stop. Yeah. Um, I mean, the reality of a, a lot of people's expression of their LGBTQ lifestyle is not monogamy. And so... That's true for any. It has yeah. no bearing on sexual preference. It's just our culture, monogamy is not yeah. the undercurrent. Yeah, that's true. So I think yeah. anybody... You could say, hey, I think that what you're doing is unhealthy because you're not being monogamous. Mm -hmm. And I think that's something that, you know, even Matthew Vines, I think, was very about, explicit yeah. in saying, look, the, the message of the God Bible is about monogamy. And I agree with that. And I think it comes down to, I, we forgot to say this earlier, but I think it comes down to the question of, like, what did God intend marriage to be? Yeah. Like, maybe it's not about yeah. these six passages. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's like, what was marriage's intention? Mm -hmm. And Matthew gets into that a little more in his book, but, like, is it monogamy is it different genders one for christ and one for the church or is it and i honestly i just here's where i stand on this issue <laughs> i understand how you could think either way from the biblical perspective on this i understand how you could think based on the bible i don't think this is right i understand how you could say based on the bible i think it is right and honestly i tend more toward the it probably is okay. I tend on that side, mm -hmm. but I'm not. I'm not ready. We're to not here to teach. We're not here to teach. Yeah. I think we're we just... tend toward other sides mm -hmm. of each other, but I think we both are in this place of like this is not our call to make, and I don't think it has to be the touchstone of whether the litmus test that of whether with. or not you're a Christian. Not a good litmus test. It's not, and I, I think we have to have more humility in how we approach. And how we talk about this and we need more conversations like this in church and we need mm -hmm. to realize that this is not a question that means you're not a christian <laughs> and we need to stop cutting people off from church and from jesus because they think it is okay to be gay and a christian i think yeah i hear ellie crying i think i hear natalie too oh do you want to go get them yeah i'll finish up here is sounds anything else good you to say no just okay. if i keep talking you uh, we will all be further confused by what i think because <laughs> I, I just i just don't know. I don't know. Fair. Yeah. I, I watched that YouTube video a couple years ago and all my, my little box just went away and I don't have a little box anymore. So I think that's a good I, place I to just, be. I just, I try to, I try to just deal with life throws throwing a lot at me right now. This is not one of those things. So I 
just, I'm trying to deal with the things in front of me. And I think like- Like screaming children. Yeah, thank you. And I think that whole thing of like letting go of our boxes can be a really good thing for a lot of us as Christians. There are certainly things that are black and white. Again, Jesus is God. Jesus died and raised again from the dead. But there are a lot of things that are not black and white and that's okay. So love to hear your thoughts in the comments. Thanks for being on this journey with us. And next week we're getting into the original James and Tiffany disagreement theologically, women in the church. We're gonna talk about that more next week, passage near and dear to my heart. So we'll see you then. Love you guys. Bye.